Hello, this is Pastor Ariel, and welcome to Devotional. It is my prayer before every episode that this podcast will be a blessing for you. Please remember to subscribe to Devotional on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening in. This way, you will be notified every time a new episode is published. And don't forget to scroll down on the show's description and click on the links for all the free resources to get the best experience out of this podcast. Also, please remember to share with your friends and loved ones so they too can be blessed with this resource. Lastly, please consider becoming a supporter of this podcast. It would be much appreciated. And now, here's today's episode. Welcome once again to Devotional, and this is Pastor Ariel. We are just starting lesson number six, and in this episode, we will be looking at the lesson for Monday, February 4th. So, we are going to be doing some pretty good uh, deep studying today. And deep, uh, what I mean by deep is, obviously this is audio, I'm going to have PowerPoints, I can show you those kind of charts or things like that visually. But I want to try to illustrate some a principle that I thought is powerful when I discovered it, when it was shown to me at seminary, and I've seen other professors and evangelists use it. And the more I study it myself, the more consistent I see, and it's just an awesome way to get correct meanings out of the book of Revelation. Um, interpretations abound, but what we're trying to look is for principles that we can use consistently across the book. And as we do this consistently, the interpretations complement each other. They don't just go off in different directions. And uh, there's this principle that we're going to look at is built in actually into the book of Revelation. I'm going to read to you Revelation chapter 5, verses 4 through 6 to help you illustrate this. This is going to be the introduction. Uh, and we're going to try to use this principle that we'll see in this chapter and try to use that to interpret who the 144,000 are. And I hope that you're blessed by this. Um, and you see the beauty in the book of Revelation, the, its consistency. Uh, Revelation f- chapter 5, verse 4 says, Then I, this apostle John, began to weep greatly because no one was found worthy to open the book or to look into it. And it says book here, of course, is scroll. It's, looking about, it's talking about the scroll that no one could take from God the Father. Uh, in verse, um, in, okay, look into it. And in verse 5, And one of the elders said to me, Stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, from the root of David, has overcome so as to open the book or the scroll and its seven seals. Verse 6. And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders a lamb standing as if slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, etc. But, <coughs> excuse me, the principle here is that John is weeping and he hears an elder tell him, listen, don't, don't weep, stop crying. The lion. The lion from the tribe of Judah has overcome. But when he turns around, he's heard the lion, so he's expecting to see a lion, but he does not see a lion, he sees a lamb. He hears a a lion, but he sees a lamb. And these, of course, are not uh, two different entities. Both of these realities are pointing to Jesus, or both of these symbols actually are pointing to the same reality, which is Jesus Christ. The lion is Jesus, the lamb is Jesus. Both of these symbols uh, focus on different aspects of Jesus the royalty, the strength, and the power uh, with the meekness, gentleness, and self-sacrificial love. 
So you see these uh, two elements that they're not opposites, they're complementary. And they reveal, they enhance, they, they um, broaden our understanding of Jesus. We will see the same exact pattern with the 144,000. In Revelation chapter 7, verse 4, we read, And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. And verse 9 says, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number from every nation and tribe and peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb. I hope you caught that little uh, significant statement that they were standing before the throne. Remember how chapter 6 ends with the question, who is able to stand? Well, the sealed, the 144,000, they are standing in the presence of God. They're not asking mountains and rocks to fall on them. They are rejoicing to be standing in the presence of God. Now, uh, like we said, uh, the principle of hearing one thing and then turning around to see that, that whatever symbol it was mentioned verbally and when you turn to look for it you don't see it you see something different here john hears 144,000, a very specific number but when he turns he sees a great multitude that no one could number in that expression that no one could number i believe has a, a allusion to the promise god made to abraham when he said look at the stars um, count them and abraham of course you know overwhelmed uh, especially in that part of the world at that time, you know, the Industrial Revolution, there's no light bulbs at night. Um, there's campfires, but people are spread out far and wide in between. So this, the, the nights were extremely dark, which meant that you could see the fullness of the stars in the sky. And I remember seeing that in South Dakota and the Midwest, when we go up to the Upper Peninsula here in Michigan, we love looking up at the sky because we see many stars that here near the city of Detroit, we don't get to see. We definitely couldn't try to count the stars we see here in Detroit, much less in the UP. And when then God says, go and count the sand in the ocean, in, this, in, the, in the beach. Of course you can't. No one could count. Well, that's in reference to this. Anyone that accepts Jesus by faith became a descendant of Abraham. And that multitude is enormous, which is encouraging. When I, when I grew up, some pastors, unfortunately, would use that 144,000 to allude to, you know, very few people going to get in. Are you part of this special group? You know, will you be part of this specific uh, literal group? You know, 144,000, that's not many. That's not that many people. Uh, considering the population uh, in the world, uh, that's not that many people. It will leave millions, billions out. But when you look at the, the, the way Revelation interprets it in a literal way, it's a great multitude from every nation, tribe, tongue, and people that no one could number. That's encouraging. That means that I can be, and uh, by if, if I accepted Christ, I am in that list. I am part of that group. Now, um, some, some things, right, that we do, do want to look at. It, it says that from, from the tribes of Israel. But when you look at the tribes of Israel, you see that there are two that are missing. There are two that are not listed there. If you look closely, you will notice that Levi, I mean, sorry, Dan and Ephraim are missing. And that's significant. Because many people, you know, will try to make this a literal um, number, you know, that they are from literal Jews. 
but not not everybody that constitutes from the tribes of Israel are listed. And actually, if they want to make all of them Jews, it doesn't make sense because the only individuals that could qualify as being Jews are those from the tribe of Judah. So you, you cannot make all 12 to be just one tribe either. So there are some inconsistencies in many of the evangelical and Protestant, Protestant interpretation of this passage, simply because they're looking at, like we said, the news, Facebook, uh, politics, to interpret the book of Revelation instead of looking itself at the book of Revelation. Now, there is a lesson as to why Dan and Ephraim are omitted. And there's a passage in the Old Testament, uh, Hosea. We're just going to focus on one, one of these. So we'll look at Ephraim. And the lesson mentions this verse, this passage, in Hosea chapter 4, verse 17. And it simply says this, um, Ephraim is joined to his idols. Let him alone. Let him alone. Now, that is a sobering statement. Because if you read the book of Hosea, you, you hear the heartache. You hear the anguish of God in regards to his children Israel. And though he mentioned, he's speaking in general, he mentions a specific tribe, Ephraim. And Ephraim is choosing to not let go of, is being unwilling to part ways with his idols. And God is pleading and entreating and has done so for centuries. And Ephraim is just holding on, clinging to idols. Remember what we talked about earlier, right? About striving. The winds of strife is the human passions and that the angels are retaining, trying to resist these winds. Um, just like in Genesis chapter 6, these themes repeat throughout the scriptures and Revelation captures all of these and places the, these, these themes in various symbols. And in the 144,000, is not simply who is in, but who is out that makes a difference, that is significant, that can teach us spiritual lessons for today. Ephraim was in. Ephraim was part of the 12 tribes of the book of, Revel of Israel, but in the book of Revelation, he is left out. Why? Because in the Old Testament, Ephraim is listed as a, a tribe that no matter how much God sent prophets and appealed to Ephraim, Ephraim refused to part ways to renounce its relationship with idols. They hardened their hearts. They resisted until no longer wanting. It's not even able to respond, but wanting to respond. Which is a very horrible outcome to have after having been part of God's people. After being in, you end up being out. Idols is the issue that is presented here as uh, causing Ephraim for not being listed with the 144,000. So it's not just simply, oh, it's not a literal number. Oh, it's not just, you know, the literal tribes. There's meaning here. And the meaning is tragic. It's heartbreaking. It is needless. Uh, Ephraim did not need to be left out from this list. But the idols that they refused to let go of cost them being listed with those that will be able to stand. Individuals with idols in their hearts will not be able to stand in the day of judgment. Individuals that have not allowed the blood of Christ to wash. We'll read that later on and study a little bit further this week about the washed, you know, the robes being washed in the blood of the Lamb. What is, it mean, what is this washing me from, right? What What is this uh, blood of Jesus washing me from? What is this stain? I've shared this promise with you. 
one of my favorite promises from the book of Ezekiel. Um, Ezekiel 36, 25 says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. From what? I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. So don't start thinking, oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta get rid of this. I gotta stop doing this. Listen, if you could have stopped doing whatever you know you should you should be stopping to do, you would have done it already. If, if you could uh, cast out idols from your heart with your own strength, you would have done it already. The reason you haven't, you and I haven't, is because we have not been humble enough and transparent enough with ourselves and with God and said, Lord, I don't want to let go of this. I don't. And that's horrible. I don't even have the desire, the willingness to do this. So, Father, you have to work way deeper than I thought. I, was, I did not realize how wicked my heart is. I cannot believe how attached I am. I mean, most people don't know they have an idol and they try to, until they try to kick it out. Much like myself, you know, I didn't know I had a caffeine addiction until I try to stop. People will say, hey, you're drinking quite a bit of coffee, Ariel. Uh, I worked at a coffee shop and I would get it for free. So, <laughs> um, And I ended up getting to the point where I, I became highly dependent on caffeine. But if you would have asked me, Ariel, are you an addict? Get out of here, brother. I'm not out, you know, living under a bridge or doing all these horrible things. I'm not stealing or, you know, putting a gun to old people to give me money to go and buy a cup of coffee. I'm not an addict. And then I, re and I didn't realize until I tried to stop that I was. I didn't realize how much I craved something that is not really healthy for you or anyone, myself included. So maybe... This um, understanding of the idols that need to be cleansed from our lives, maybe we think we don't have any idols. And the reason we don't think we have any idols is because we're still very much attached to them. And we don't realize that how dependent we are. Try to stop watching TV for a week. Let's make it practical, right? Um, if, you're, if you listen to secular music, stop listening to secular music for a week or two. Does the, the thought of even doing that make you angry? Does it even offend you to think that there are movies that you should be deleting from your library, that you should be throwing in the trash? Of course. It's, it's that that will begin to reveal to you what you truly worship. What you truly worship. Right now we're trying to build some churches in El Salvador, right? And that is going to recall, require sacrifice. And it requires sacrifice from both ends, the, the really poor and the wealthy. They're really poor, obviously, because, hey, I barely have to meet my ends. And that's my family. We barely can make ends meet. And now I'm going to have to spend much more money on, on my travels over there and give money for the church to get built. Where am I going to get all this money from? When you step out in faith, you see the Lord providing miraculously. And he already has in several occasions and in several forms for me to be able to make it to this trip in El Salvador. Now, for the very wealthy, it is a different story. You know, wealthy people, Jesus says, they give up their surplus. They may give a generous uh, amount of money, but you know, very few people that are wealthy give a faithful tithe. They don't give a systematic offering. They wait until the last moment or they, they, they give to specific projects that interest them. But that's selfish giving because it interests me or because there's a benefit that will gain me or my family. Then I'll support that ministry. That's not giving at all. That's just doing something that will benefit me right now. And if in the future you guys need it, tough luck because I, I moved on. 
that's not giving and that is an idol money is an idol and many wealthy people they need that blessing of being confronted that well their 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 money is that idol that will cause them to not be listed with the 144,000 God unfortunately with an achy heart will have to say to many wealthy people leave them alone let them alone they are joined to their idol they refuse to kill it it's not that you kill your bank account you kill the love for money the control and power that you think it brings to your life so this idea of being part of the 144,000 it is going to be a great multitude and there will be Zacchaeus in there there will be Matthew who walked away from his very rich and wealthy position as a tax collector and Zacchaeus who ended up giving half his wealth to the poor and restoring four times to those he ripped off he probably became poor or definitely <laughs> decreased his amount of money but in his heart he was never richer in his whole life than when Jesus ate in his home and called him a child of Abraham you are part of the 144,000 Zacchaeus you are of the seed of Abraham you are part of those tribes that will stand in the throne in in heaven so the the same author that wrote the book Revelation he wrote he wrote the Gospel of John and then he wrote three little letters called first and second and third John uh, almost right before the book of Revelation and I'm gonna to read to you the last verse of the last chapter of the first letter it simply says this little children guard yourself from idols it doesn't say guard yourselves from idols you know at the beginning of your journey but you'll mature enough and then you'll become immune to idols your immunity will get better it doesn't work that way and there's not a vaccine like tetanus or things like that that you know or measles you know you get it once maybe in your lifetime you might need a booster later on this is a continual continual admonition little children guard yourself from idols Jesus can wash me today but you know the children of Israel sometimes they had revivals they, they had they, they would get a right a good judge that we you know return to the Lord let's burn the ash to us all these uh, idols and, and trees chop them up and these altars to Baal take them down and there will be a reformation to return to the worship of God but the next judge or the next king you know, that's even better history to highlight is that there were way more many kings that never returned back to God than they were those that repented and came back to worship the true God so idols though you may have a moment in your life where you were casting them off maybe there a chance that you can be picking them up again I remember uh, I was listening to horrible horrible music in Harrisburg Pennsylvania as I was wrestling with my conversion journey and one day I just got convicted <clears throat> and I threw all my music that I used to you know fix my life problems that they were my idols and I remember throwing them in the trash it's over praise God I'm over this I'm over this and two days go by and I went back looking for them in the trash and I took them out and I was like oh I missed you <laughs> I missed you so much I can't believe I threw you away and so it took several months again for me to build up again the the sensitivity to the spirit saying this is harming you this is putting thoughts of sensuality this is putting thoughts of violence and anger this music might feel good at the moment but it's just like a drug it, it leaves you with nothing changed and if anything emptier the, the numbness to my voice is heightened every time you cling to these things you got to get rid of them and I ended up going and driving to the church and and I don't know if I'm allowed to do this or this is in Harrisburg and I dumped all my junk in there 
in the church's uh, dumpster and I drove away because I knew that I would be too embarrassed to go digging in that dumpster. <laughs> but I, I didn't want to have those things back in my life because they did. I got rid of them. But in a couple of weeks, oh, here they are. Back in my house again. Back in my room again. Back in my heart again. Which, you know, as I grew as a Christian, I realized you can get rid of your idols externally. But only the grace of God can get them out of your heart. Only when you replace those idols with Jesus in your heart will they ever stay out. Once you have Jesus, there's a difference. You, you taste a different experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. You experience unconditional love. You experience His grace. You experience an understanding of His sacrifice at the cross that be begins to solidify this experience of forsaking and guarding yourself from those idols you begin to become sensitive where oh i'm starting to crave that stuff no no no, lord i i remember where these thoughts led me to it led me to having those things back into my life again that's what guarding yourself from idols not externally you need to start internally but if you're struggling with that stuff externally chances are they're still inside so put jesus inside right hebrews this is going to be the last verse for this podcast. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. This is a good way, I believe, to help ourselves, guard ourselves from idols. Hebrews 3, 13 and 14 says, But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ. If we hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm until the end, while it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. There's a two-part uh, element of guarding our hearts from idols. And number one is uh, encourage. Encourage one another day after day on a daily basis. You know, I, I see how our world is becoming isolated, especially here in North America. With the advent of technology and the ubiquitousness of the internet and social media and entertainment, we are becoming more and more an isolated society. And the church is not exempt from experiencing this isolation. Very, very little contact with each other during the week. Sabbath seldom provides sufficient time for us to encourage one another day after day. It's not that the pastor encourage you or let the elders or your Sabbath school teacher encourage you. Is all of you, all of us as part of the body of Christ ought to be encouraging one another day after day so that none of us will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Something about isolation will make your heart get hard. Something about you not offering to pray with someone else will lead you to gradually be deceived by sin so that your heart becomes hardened. And if your heart becomes hardened, it becomes prime territory, prime soil for idols to flourish. So today, if you hear his voice today, do not harden your heart. You know, you don't need to travel today. We don't need to drive today to encounter one another and, and mingle with one another. And for, first and foremost, encourage one another. There's nothing more encouraging than saying, brother, I just called real quick to pray with you. Sister, I just called to 
I was impressed to call and pray with you. Is there something that I could pray for you? Those conversations were very common in the early church. Those conversations were actually very common for our pioneers, but maybe they're not as common as they need to be today. And maybe you can start changing that. Maybe you realize the Spirit is letting you know you need to be in contact with your brothers and sisters more than just on Sabbath, not just to encourage them, but to protect your heart from becoming hardened. This is Pastor Ariel, and I hope you were blessed with today's episode of Devotional. It is my prayer this resource will inspire you to spend personal time studying God's Word, including using the study tool of our Sabbath School Quarterly. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast. This way, you will be notified each time a new episode is published. And don't forget to scroll down on the show's description and click on the links for all the free resources to get the best experience out of this podcast. Also, please remember to share with your friends through social media, be it Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or the one you use regularly. This way, they can also be blessed with this resource. Lastly, please consider becoming a financial supporter of this podcast. It would be much appreciated. This is Pastor Ariel inviting you to study the Bible with me again on our next episode of Devotional. Devotional.